is Alex Moe for the IBC Amina podcast. We are talking Aminacom. We are less than two months out, and I am joined today by one of our keynote speakers for the event. Hello to Tasneem. Hi, Alex. Tasneem, before we jump into your plenary session and the big topic, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. So I'm coming from Australia. So I'm one of the few Australian delegates, which is which is exciting to be representing. Um, I'm actually born in East Africa in Kenya. So I'm fifth generation East African born uh, of Indian origin. Arrived in Australia when, when I was four years old. Uh, grew up in a country town, not not the big metropolis, but the country town where I stayed after all my schooling until university, after which I moved to Melbourne. And uh, that's, I think, those three hyphens of African, Indian, Australian heritage that make me who I am, but probably to some extent uh, explain why I've become a cross-cultural consultant. And I've got these, I've got these ideas and cultural praxis running through my mind and what I do, observations from heritage to life experience. And um, I bring that to what my, my, my work ethic is, and I think it informs a lot of my practice. Well, I love the piece on diversity, and that's what you're going to be talking about at Aminacom. It's all about... Uh, inclusion. Uh, it's all about um, how we communicate with diverse groups, diverse cultures, and you've named it organized disruption, change in the way we communicate inclusively. So tell us a little bit more about this. Well, I guess when I, I was playing with the idea of you know, organizational management and how we do have systems of governance, and they are important in order to, work, to make organizations work effectively. But I think sometimes we're complacent with the way things have been to the extent that when new thinking and new ideas emerge and we're not comfortable with those, organisations tend to feel threatened. They tend to err on the side of caution and then rather rather than think creatively and boldly um, and take risks, um, they, they stay safe. And in the meantime, competitors take those risks and they have those runs on the board. So, I mean, organised disruption is talking to shifting the status quo, doing things differently, and then specifically in the context of my keynote, referring to embracing diversity and inclusive practices of having diverse workforces and what that thinking brings to an organization and how that thinking really really furthers the capacity of an organization to be um, a future player. Well, diversity is a big topic for our region. Uh, the Middle East is especially diverse. We have people from from Asia, from India, from Africa, from Europe, even from the Americas working here, as well as obviously the majority of, of people being here, um, Arab, Arab origin. What do you see when you look at a region like the Middle East? How can we use and make use of all these different groups to communicate better and more inclusively? Well, I think we need to look beyond the periphery of what the different cultures bring. So often we can name an ethnicity or linguistic background and, and, and talk about its, you know, its, its sound, or we can talk about a people and their food. And that's fine and that's well and good, but I think it's, it's almost, there's, a, there's a tokenism which we need to be mindful of in the way that we approach those individuals in our, whether they be in our workplaces or our communities. So I'm more about saying, yes, okay, the cultural diversity in its entertainment value is one issue, but we really need to progress ethically and morally to a point where we acknowledge that that actual diversity can enhance the work that we do 
For example, utilizing the cultural context and the, the cultural, um, I guess, content and capacity of your workforce to reach out to a wider pool of clients or to send those just to send that cohort of, of your workforce with particular linguistic skills and abilities and to con them to, to reach into where you want to increase your your business's capacity so that you have those good links. Um, it shows it also you also carries favor with your client group that you're dealing with when you can say, well, I understand your needs, I understand your culture, um, I understand respectfully that in order to work with you, I need to operate in a certain way. So it's, yeah, it's about getting traction from the workforce that you have, but it's also about acknowledging your own individual need to become more culturally aware, or what we call, or what I call in the work that I do, increasing cultural competence. So that can take a variety of forms from in-house knowledge to uh, retaining staff from diverse backgrounds because it enhances your work profile, but it also enhances your legitimacy and credibility with your work, with your partners and your uh, and your client group. Now, let me ask you this: We we talk about diversity and inclusion. We talk about being inclusive in terms of how we engage, how we communicate. What are the benefits of having a more inclusive work culture and communications culture? Essentially, I think you're, you're going to have a more productive workforce. When people feel valued, when their ethnicity is seen as an asset, not liability, not something they have to hide, and when people can bring the I mean, we use the expression here, bring your whole self to work and not leave some of your labels at the door. So don't, I mean, I've said this, I say this in some of my presentations, you know, I am a whole lot of parts. I am East African born of Indian origin, I'm Australian raised. Um, I'm you know, a Muslim background, I wear a thing on my head, I, I'm a reader, writer, um, a coffee drinker, chocolate lover, book reading, I, I, do, I do a series of different things and I bring all of that to the table and I shouldn't have to compromise on any of those labels that I have in order to make someone else feel comfortable. So we need to open up workspaces to allow people to bring their whole selves to work and use that wholeness in order to lift the strength of our organization and be richer for it, not see diversity as as liability, like I said, but as, as an incredible asset that hasn't been mined for what it could be. And I say that because it has a fiscal output, but it also has a moral output. You'll do a better job and your staff will feel more connected, more involved, and increase a loyalty to a brand that they know respects them. Well, I'm looking forward to, to hearing you speak. Diversity and inclusion is a big subject for, for me, my organization. Uh, and also as well for my stakeholders. So it's a subject I'm really excited about uh, to, to hear what you have to say and, and how we can do better on this. So Tasneem, I'm really looking forward to welcoming you to Bahrain and to Amina come in February. Oh, thank you, Alex. I can't wait to be there as well. It sounds like an amazing, uh, amazing um, compendium of speakers that you've lined up and the topic and the, I think the energy of communications is something that you just can't help but get excited about. <laughs> And don't forget the weather as well. It's going to be beautiful weather, wonderful sandy oh, beaches. So perfect setting. Oh, I didn't even, I hadn't even factored that far, but no, that sounds even better. <laughs> okay, you. coming from from Oz, you know, you have lots of beautiful weather down there in in winter, at least at least the the northern winter. Thank you so much, Alex. I I look forward to it, and I've I've enjoyed our conversation. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned, and you'll hear a podcast in the next couple of days. Till then, take care.